All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul. And I'm Eric. And we are back with our third and final, uh, at least for now, uh, Moon Knight episode. Uh, we are going to be, we're actually going to be starting a new book this time. Uh, so, I mean, unless you're worried about show spoilers, you can uh, hop on right here as well. Um, but the plan is for today to dis- uh, discuss. Uh, <laughs> discuss. Sounded like Frenchie. Uh, <laughs> to discuss uh, a new book uh, for Moon Knight, actually the newest one, the ongoing run uh, that is going on right now. Uh, we read the first six issues. Um, issue seven just came out on Marvel Unlimited, I think, last week. But we read the first arc, essentially. And then we're going to discuss the final couple episodes of the Moon Knight TV show and share our thoughts about what we thought about that uh, miniseries as a whole and uh, where we think we're gonna go, or that's going to go after that. So we're going to get into all of the final Moon Knight discussion today. Uh, and then probably next time, come back with some Doctor Strange stuff. We'll talk about that, too. Oh, yeah. But to get the official... Uh, dock it out for today what we're going to be covering is um like i said the first six issues of this current ongoing moon knight run uh this one is uh, written uh, just so i can get the creative team out here right away before i forget uh written by jed mckay uh art by uh, alessandro uh, cappuccio and uh color artist uh rochelle rosenberg letters by vcs Corey pettit we also have uh i believe was there a guest artist no there was not the cover artist yes yeah uh, bill Sankowitz actually got a, a cover on one of these oh that's cool yeah, going back to the uh, the original artist for the 80s run. Yep. Uh, yeah, it'd be cool to see him uh, do more Moon Knight stuff. I don't know if I've seen a lot of that outside of that, so. Yeah, I feel like that's a good arena for him. Well, yeah, because like, when he did the Moon Knight run that we talked about very briefly, like he wasn't really doing like his full kind of like artistic style in comics. He was still kind of doing- like, Yeah, it was how- a little more grounded. Yeah, it was a little house style still. Yeah, like, yeah. It was like what they expected him to do, but yep. it'd be cool to see him go back to it sometime. For sure. Uh, but yeah, that's our plan. Uh, Does he still do a lot of work? I imagine he probably is pretty slowed down by now. Um, I don't recall what his most recent work is. I'd have to look into that. But okay. I know he still. I, I mean, I know he still like does shit like art and post shit on Twitter. Like, every, yeah. You know, all the I just time, didn't know so. if he was still doing like full runs. Yeah, stuff. I don't know. I don't know if he went indie or if he's doing other books or if he just does one every once in a while. Yeah, it's a good question. But what we're going to do today is, like I said, read that run and then talk about uh, the rest of the Moon Knight show uh, to discuss our plans moving forward. Since this is the uh, the final episode of this series, I was considering what we wanted to do for Doctor Strange because. Two weeks from now, I don't... Well, here's the thing. Where, here's where my thought process started. I don't really want to do a whole episode where we talk about the first Doctor Strange movie and break that down, because I have nothing to say about it. I have nothing, <laughs> I have nothing to say about it. So I think we're going to skip that, because that would have been the format I was going to follow before. Like, when we did the Thor movies... Yeah. Like, we did a, a series where we read all of Jason Aaron's Thor and then did the Thor movies... I struggled to get through the first two episodes of that, I remember. Yep. Talking about Thor Ragnarok was kind of fun, but even that felt a little redundant. Yeah, yeah. So I don't mind talking about a movie when it just comes out, when it's fresh on the mind, but... And that, that was a little different, because at least we had a good amount of comics to read for that, or choices. Right, we were doing it as a series for the comic, exactly. and the movie was just complimentary. Yep. Uh, so here's, here's my idea for what we can do for Doctor Strange. I think we should, I mean, we've both seen that movie a number of times. We probably don't even need to watch it again to talk about it very briefly. Probably not. Um, but what we could do is next episode, uh, two weeks from now, do a Doctor Strange episode. What we could read is a couple of things. Because the, the comic I was going to recommend is Doctor Strange Triumph and Torment, which is basically like a, a bulky one-issue story. Is it's, that the one with Doom? Yeah, it's the Doctor Doom uh, yeah. 
uh, Roger Stern. I called him David Stern in the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not the basketball commissioner, uh, yeah. the comic book writer. Uh, Roger Stern and art by Mike Mignola. And okay. then, oh, that's right. It's not like a run. It's like a uh, a one-off, a quick bulky. One-off. Yeah, exactly. I think it's like 60-something pages. Okay. Um, so we could read that. And then in addition, what we could read for our actual like you know book book would be Young Avengers. And that would be more of a, right. a America Chavez pick than a Doctor Strange pick. Yeah. Because when else are we going to get to do an America Chavez theme thing? This it, is our, probably our one chance. Yeah, and I'd imagine if there is ever going to be an America Chavez movie, like a solo movie, it's probably not going to be at least a couple, two, three years. Yeah, and, and hopefully if that does come out, there's more America Chavez books out there to discuss because we're already getting to the bottom of the barrel doing this I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, optimistically, if like she's... a like a live action character now i'd imagine they'd give a little bit of an effort i hope so make some more written stuff for she's fucking badass Uh, she's really great in this run she's also fantastic in uh al ewing's um oh shit what the hell is that book called uh ultimates all right uh it's like the one where it's like uh, her and like a bunch of like cosmic level heroes trying to fix cosmic level problems what's her deal again she's like she's from another dimension and she is she can teleport through other realities but she like creates this star portal okay and she'll punch the portal and be able to break through any reality she wants nice so for example like black panther and and whatnot bring her on that team the extra dimensional team because she's an expert in like all things multiverse because she's seen like everything navigator yeah she's just been a tourist going through different places and just seeing what's up because gotcha. she can yeah okay uh, she's also got super strength uh flight like that's just from her home dimension she's kind of okay. like a superman-ish origin that way gotcha um so but it's pretty neat uh I, I really like her character and i think she should be used more um so i think that's the plan and also i've been really wanting to read that book on the podcast and they're just there's been so many close yeah, I've opportunities to, i've been meaning to read that just on my own yeah there's so many there's been so many close opportunities for me wanting to read that like i almost pulled the trigger on it when loki show came out oh, yeah. but it just wasn't close enough to that yeah. and then i almost pulled the trigger again with hawkeye i was like forget hawkeye we'll read young avengers because is loki the the uh, the villain in Young Avengers or is he actually in Young Avengers? Oh, uh, he's one of the Young Avengers. Okay. You, you could argue he's the villain, but he's I doubt. I don't think that's really it's, his role. Yeah, they play both. Yeah, ways. He, it's uh, it's Kid Loki in that one though. Gotcha. Uh, that that's like right after he died and got reborn. Yep, yep. Uh, and and it, the art is fucking fantastic, and it's a really good contained like just twelve issue run that you can burn through very quickly. I, I usually when I reread it, I read it in a day. Yeah, but yeah, so that'll be probably be the plan. We'll quickly read Triumph and Torment, discuss that. It's mostly a book you you read for the art, as good as it is, but that's the plan, and then we will discuss. Uh, Doctor Strange and the multiverse of uh, No Way Home, <laughs> and uh, we'll f- find out what we think about that. I've read a lot of spoilers from it because yeah, I'm, me too. I, I'm a person who just looks. Up I, I just don't give a shit anymore. I, yeah, I really don't. <laughs> like if it's something like you know uh, everything uh, all the time all at once, like I'll, I'll, I'm not going to look up spoilers because yeah. it's something that I have no idea what to expect because it's actually vital to that particular movie well right and i literally have no frame of reference to guess what's gonna happen oh yeah yeah. like in these marvel movies like you can't spoil any of this shit no no oh the illuminati shows up and did you know that dr fantastic is a person (laughs) oh god i love how when that first trailer dropped everyone speculated like that because there was a couple scenes where it looked like an illuminati situation and then in the second trailer it was literally just a shot of someone saying welcome to the illuminati yeah it was like jesus christ like with the amount of comics that like that I've read and hell even you've read at this point like there's no surprising us with any of this no, shit no. anymore like I, I, you especially it, now that we know how much they're just straight up copying and pasting oh from for sure the comics oh for sure yeah uh they've just been t- especially which isn't necessarily a bad thing but it sucks for the people who originally created oh it's yeah it's bad uh in in real life yes yeah it makes good for good stories oh yeah they're copying good stories great but stories. <laughs> it sucks for the people who made them <laughs> yeah. and they're now getting exploited yep 
But yeah, that's really the path they've been taking in these TV shows, especially. It's really just yeah. taking the comic and copying and pasting it. Like, even, if it, even if it's just in small doses. Even if it's straight up just the cover. Yeah. Like that, that Hawkeye one's the most oh, egregious. Oh, the Hawkeye was the most egregious because a lot of these ones have been taking like the story beats, but yep. they, they straight up took the art style. That's just cruel. Yeah. <laughs> and again, now the, the Thor one too with like the straight up shot for shot panel of oh, like that right. one like yeah. God that's dead lying there. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, so w- if you take the story beats, that's one thing. But when you rip off an art style, that there's that's something unique. That's 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 tough. That's yeah, tougher that's, for some reason. Yeah, that's it's hard to swallow, especially when you have such like an artless show like Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, but anyway, we'll get into uh, what we're going to be uh, discussing. Uh, without further ado, uh, we're going to get into uh, the Moon Knight comic. So I gave some background for this last episode, but in case you did not uh, listen for that, uh, it was shame on you. But in case you did not, uh, I'll go over a little bit of the background for where this comic takes place and like the, the background of it because it relies pretty heavily on some context from the ongoing Avengers book, which I'm probably not going to recommend that anyone reads. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to give you the spoilers From the breakdown you gave me, I have no interest in reading yeah, that. Yeah, Jason Aaron <laughs> Avengers is a popular comic book by sales, and I'm not sure who's reading it or why. Um, so yeah. If, so, if someone wants to explain to me what they enjoy from it, maybe you can convince me to pick it back up again, but I, I just don't know, man. Yeah, I, I think his Thor epic was his big, like, God story, and he did it perfectly, and he did it for a very it was long great. time. Yeah. yeah. I think... Well, here's the thing is I think that Jason Aaron is taking these characters from different arenas and telling one story with them. Yeah. And then now it's like this baggage that you've got to carry with you or just ignore. That's yeah, another yeah. another path you can take. Yeah. That's basically what they did with the Phoenix and the X-Men books. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> because Jason Aaron did this whole Phoenix War story where like all these Avengers get the Phoenix and Wolverine shows up and he's like a part of the story. But literally I've read, I'm almost caught up on all the X-Men books. I have not seen it mentioned once. Really? <laughs> so it's like, that's one strategy. And honestly, yeah. if I was a writer, that's probably what I would do. It's probably the easiest way to go. Yeah, just be like, like that didn't you're probably not reading that anyway let's ignore it yeah um but then what they did with moon knight is again the same thing moon knight war yeah uh is coming back he's he's gonna take over the world and mark specter is here to help him for some reason yeah even though that contradicts with lots of stuff that's all right we'll tell the same story that just contradicts conchu's entire deal yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but again, I didn't read the story, so I'm not giving. Who a, knows? I'm yeah. not giving a fair evaluation of it. But uh, that's I'm not a, I'm not paid to give a fair evaluation of anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what that. But I, from what we we're given enough context in this book to know what happened. Basically, yeah. if you want to know the gist, uh, Kanshu tried to take over the world. Mark helped him. The Avengers beat him. They locked Kanshu away on Asgard. That's the simplest way to put it. That's probably beat for beat basically what happened. Yeah. And um, now Mark Spector kind of has like no friends and is down on his luck. Right. And he has this deal with the Avengers. Like the Avengers are like, listen, Moon Knight, like you've been an ally to us. We're going to let you keep doing your thing, but you have to agree to see a, a superhero therapist. We'll pick one for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where we set up like the, the first page of this issue is him meeting with this therapist on behalf of the Avengers to kind of like uh, get back on the on the path. Uh, once again, rejecting Kanchu, and even he's like, "I don't know why I went back to Kanchu." I'm like, "I don't know why either." <laughs> we we did this story. Wasn't there a whole run where the point of it was to get away from Kanchu? But before we get into the big picture of this, uh, what I do want to pitch, what I think works about this comic, and I think what Jed McKay wanted to do when he wrote this was. This definitely feels closer to the original Moon Knight run, like the 80s one, than it does the Lemire run. I think that's intentional. Like, I, Absolutely, I, yeah. And I don't think it's regressive. No, I, no. I just think they wanted... 
uh, Jed McKay wanted to tell like a uh, street level Moon Knight story, like a kind of like Daredevilish, Batmanish kind of story. Yeah, and I think there's definitely room for that in Moon Knight. I think that's why people like Moon Knight is he's such a versatile character. You could tell so many different kinds of stories with. For sure. Um, so that's where we're going with this. I mean, there's still all the the context of you know his DID, his stuff with Kanshu, his history, like all that's still canon. All of that still happened, and yep. he's still dealing with a lot of that. Um, but it's kind of going back to this street level place of I'm a protector of those who travel by night, especially here in New York City. Very 80s thing. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to do my thing here. And it's very kind of like a, a much more superhero ish take than a lot of the last couple runs have been, which I don't mind going back to that. No, not at all. Yeah. And this one. Because I, I feel I don't know for sure, but are a lot of Moon Knight comics kind of grounded in the supernatural? Like, does he deal with a lot of obviously a lot of supernatural? Yeah, shit. That, that comes up a lot. Yeah, because like because this issue opens up with him like hunting down like a pack of vampires. Yeah, that's and a like, great way to open it. And like, if you're a defender of like the Travelers of the Night, like who's a bigger enemy of the night than vampires right like, like so like that just works like perfectly in that context yeah that's that's an easy and especially in like you know like the marvel universe where that's a big established thing you know Blade, oh, yeah. blades on the avengers especially right now. yeah especially yeah. with blade so yeah that, that's a, a really good uh classic kind of enemy for him to fight and i think he it's, it's something he's done before because i remember there's that classic uh comedy panel where he's going after dracula oh dracula, yeah, yeah you big nerd give yep. me my fucking money <laughs> <laughs> like i think that i think this is someone he's faced before so it's a very it's a very good tie-in especially yeah, and with and like, like travelers by night in the the lemire one too uh where like with the werewolves oh and all right that of course shit. So, yeah, yeah the werewolf vampires yeah all that shit ties him real well with this so it starts out with moon knight and this is uh usually how like issue number one's open with like a big action scene showing off what your artist can do showing off what moon knight is and this is a great way to do it with uh vampires kind of going through uh the streets at night on new york here and then moon knight in this full page spread just uh cape spread just kicking in the front window very yeah. good it's actually pretty funny it's it's straight up a vampire pyramid scheme where, like, these two vampires just turn these uh, group of four people over, and then they're riding them in a van, like, okay, now you four got to go out and infect two more people. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly <laughs> like that. It's like, yeah, if the strategy works, it works. Right. And uh, so, yeah, Moon Knight puts a stop to it, and then, interestingly, uh, saves a couple of the vampires as well, because they he just sees them as victims, even yeah. though, classically, you know, if Khonshu was in his head, he'd be telling him, you know, these are vampires and them, put a stake through their heart. Yep. Um, but he's kind of making his new mission here. He's like, you know, you guys were victims, travelers by night who I should have protected, so I'll try to do better now. Yeah, that's kind of an angle they they use in this where he's not as hardcore on justice when he was with Kanshu, obviously. Right. He has a little bit more compassion and, you know, letting people have a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Because, yeah, he even says to the vampires when he's, like, killing them, he's like, like I, I put the moon on the walls to, like, let people know this is my territory. Like, right. if, if you ignore the like my warning then this is what happens and it's cool because there is still like some edge to him like that you can see under the surface that he's trying not to like let forward oh yeah that, that he'll hint at a few times in this book like there's a part later where he's talking with tigra and like they're kind of like uh torturing uh eight ball oh yeah and they have him like on this conveyor belt and uh she's like you wouldn't have really like put him in the the grinder and let him be ground up by that machine would you and he's like <laughs> oh no i wouldn't have done it like that i would have put him feet first like oh okay <laughs> oh yeah yeah, I love that. So, like, there's little parts where it's like, yeah, there's there's still, like, a part in him that ha is this hardcore, just, like, brutal warrior, but he's trying to push that back a little bit. Yeah. Because um, the setup of this whole run is um, him basically running what he calls his mission, his church. He's 
and like he says, he admits he's a man of contradictions. He's rejected Khonshu, but despite that, he's keeping up Khonshu's mission of protecting travelers by night because he believes that even at a very basic level, that's something worth doing. So he's yeah. going to do it on his own terms. Yep. Um, so he's starting up his own like uh, Moon Knight church, essentially. Where yeah, he's, like, uh, the Midnight Mission. Right, exactly. And he's uh, getting a couple followers to help him run things. He's starting up his own kind of business to help uh, protect people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's intercut between uh, this and his conversations with uh, his his new therapist. It's kind of like Sopranosy in that kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Where uh, I know very- they had to give him like a sexy therapist too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, guys, can we not have like that many distractions? Mark's like, I prefer the strong, silent type, <laughs> <laughs> the Gary Coopers. <laughs> Uh, but it's got a very uh, set, good setup like that because it allows for some very good introspective moments where you can cut between Moon Knight talking to her about who he is and then have him narrate that conversation over what he's currently doing, yeah. which always makes a very good setup. Because um, this run does a very good job of breaking into Mark Spector as a char- character. We actually haven't even met Steven or Jake in this run yet. He, yeah, he yeah. says he's been kind of like uh, quieting them a little bit. Yeah. Um, but this one is very focused on Mark Spector and uh, who he is and what his background is. They actually go into a little bit of the contradictions, too, of like him growing up uh, you know, with a rabbi as a father and then him kind of like rejecting that and going to Khonshu for that reason because he like didn't feel close to God. Yeah. Um, so it has a really cool uh, back and forth going into like his personal backstory before the Moon Knight stuff as well that I think is done really well in this book. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so that's what I wanted to, to call out because I like how <laughs> this goes back to kind of like a street level, very action heavy. Uh, it is a very action heavy book. Oh, yeah. But it does have a like because you have those cut-in moments with his uh, superhero therapist, it does allow for those character growth moments to still happen and help happen really organically. Yep. Well, another thing that I like, too, is it's very episodic. You do have these characters in the background, but each issue is kind of its own story with its own kind of concluded plot. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of a lost art in a lot of modern comics. Yeah, they don't leave a lot hanging at the end of each one. Because um, there's some things boiling in the background with uh, like the main villain who's kind of fucking with him. Um, I mean, at the end, uh, Zodiac. And then there is uh, also, I think, the more interesting character, which is the Hunter's Moon, yep. um, which comes in at the end of issue one. Because the idea is, like like we said, uh, Mark has rejected Khonshu. But this also, like, what he is, he's the avatar for a god, essentially. He's the, like, that's where he gets his powers. That's where he gets, like, what made him Moon Knight. Yeah. So at the same time, Khonshu's somewhere on Asgard going, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Remember when you were dead? Yeah. You want to come, like, save me from these fucking Asgardians? Right. Like, let's go. What are you waiting for? <laughs> and, uh... This other character gets introduced, this doctor, uh, who will eventually be going as the Hunter's Moon. Um, he ends up uh, praying to uh, to Khonshu, and Khonshu answers him um, because he is uh, attacked by... Well, he goes over the backstory later. Um, but he's, one day he's attacked by these vampires at night and prays to the, anything mm-hmm. because he, he like, like Mark, kind of grew up godless. Like He looked around and was always looking for some kind of faith to follow, but nothing... He really, never had a connection. Right. Nothing ever reached back like to him and like, gave him like a spiritual connection. It was always superficial to him. Mm-hmm. But then that one day he's attacked by vampires at night. The moon is up in the sky, all epic and shit. And uh, Khonshu speaks to him and he's like, oh, fuck, a god is actually speaking to me. Like, Why wouldn't I be loyal to this yep so it creates this cool dynamic where now Khonshu is like okay fine i found a new this guy is fucking cool like he wants to help me <laughs> this fuck, guy's a badass fuck you mark i'm going with my hunter's moon he's gonna <laughs> kick your ass <laughs> right <laughs> and so it ends issue one is a very cool setup where like it ends with him putting on this mask he's like i'll be the left hand of Khonshu. If, if he won't free you i will like yep. i'll make sure like like uh, Khonshu's fist is represented. Yeah, and he he just like hates everything Mark's been up to. Like 
you know, sparing vampires and all this shit. He's right. like, you're doing a shit job. Like, you have no right to yeah. be the fist of conscience. Yeah, he's like an Old Testament conscience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's very... Yeah, he's uh, the no, ha- no half measures mood knight. Exactly, yeah. Um, so I, I really like that character a lot. And he, he could... And I think it the reason he's not used so much in these first five issues is because he's going to be a very long-term character. Exactly. Yeah, yeah he kind of gets, like like thrown away pretty quickly but then shows up later in like a different capacity where yeah. like it opens up a lot more avenues for where that character could go yeah this feels like a very uh like a sonic and knuckles kind of Definitely relationship am. yeah where i like- hate that analogy but, <laughs> but you're it, that's right on i don't know why that's the first thing that came to my head and i'm so sorry jed mckay i mean the poster behind us doesn't help it doesn't help why do we have a sonic the hedgehog poster in our recording studio because we're cursed looking around now we have zelda poster fine we have uh, a sonic poster I don't know why. We actually have two. We took one of them down. We have two of them. Uh, but we have two identical <laughs> Sonic posters in this fucking cursed recording studio. Yeah, those just showed up. Yeah, they just were hung here one day. Um, but yeah, so they. I think that's what they're going to go for. It's set up initially uh, to be a very obvious, now we're going to fight each other, we're going to be bad villains, and we're going to yep. fight each other. Yeah. But even in issue five, uh, Hunter's Moon goes to him and tells him, like, no, like we might have differences, but... We're born from the same father. You're my brother. Like yeah. I'm not gonna let you be killed by some, you know, some random ass villain. Yep. Um. So I think it is gonna be a kind of cool dynamic where they don't agree with each other's methods, but they might team up for certain things. Yeah. For I, sure. I, it'll probably come to a certain kind of situation where Mark feels like he has to rescue Kanshu for some other reason. Yeah. And we're sure. gonna. And because I'm, I am kind of looking forward to the idea of an Asgard Moon. Knight I do heist. like that idea a lot, actually. Asgard Moon Knight <laughs> Prison Break sounds pretty cool. That would be sick as hell. <laughs> um. Yeah, so maybe Jason Aaron's run wasn't totally a waste. Yeah, that's the thing is, well, that happens a lot in comics where, like, so, uh, there will be a, a book that is almost universally reviled, like, yeah. for example, Civil War Two or some dumb shit. But then some writer will come in and Salvage spins, it. yeah, some some a fallout from it and spin it into gold. Yeah, that yeah. happens all the time. That's a good point. So sometimes even a bad book can create context that gives writers good ideas. True. So, you know. That's comics for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so where, where we leave at the end of this is uh, there's a couple cool issues where uh, little things are kind of fucking with Mark. Uh, like, for example, there's one issue where uh, Jigsaw is like fucking with his bank account. He's like a very, very small time yeah. New York villain. Um, like a Punisher Spider-Man kind of guy. Uh, and he is kind of like trying to take money from Stephen Grant's account, which is always, you know, his Batman vault. You know, yep. that, that's where he gets all his money. Um and he's able to track him down because he's in some like shitty apartment in the middle of New York. And he's like, I know New York better than anyone. I followed the street noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and these are these are all being tracked back, back down to a villain who we haven't talked about a lot because he wasn't that exciting. But they're yeah. still building it up. So maybe. Yeah. Um, it, it's this uh, Zodiac character who we find out was one of the people we rescued in the first uh, issue. Yeah. Uh, in that vampire truck. Um, and he's fucking with uh, Mark, and we're, we don't, we're not sure why. Actually, I, he wasn't in the vampire truck. He gave the tip off to Mark about the vampires. That's what it was, yeah. Because yep. okay. he's not a vampire. Right. Um, I was just confused because there's art of one of the characters in that truck who looks just like him. Like oh, an yeah, orange yeah. haired kid. Yeah. Um, but... But yeah, so he ends up being the villain. I think there might be like a twist where like that's going to end up being someone else or it's going to be tied to someone else or he's a lackey for someone else. Could be, yeah. Because in issue seven, the the most recent one, Mark is talking about how like this uh, this villain, this Zodiac character is very well connected, very very on his feet for a first time villain. Yeah. So I think what they're trying to set up is he's not a first time villain. Yeah. Because Tiger, or someone's directing him. Yeah. Because Tiger brings that up to him. He's like, "Adult, do you think this is just some upstart, like someone trying to make a name for himself?" And Moon Knight's like, "No, I've seen other people 
be upstarts. They make they make mistakes. They you know they try to make a big grandstand. Like he's yeah. not doing any of those. Yeah. So I think it's going to end up being a thing where like, oh Zodiac, did you know I'm actually working for Doctor Doom? Yeah, it's exactly. going to be something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, and then we didn't talk about Tigra a lot. She shows up as kind of like a, a friend to Mark a couple times in this. I didn't know Moon Knight was in the West Coast Avengers. I didn't know that was the thing. I didn't know that either. Um, but so that's yeah, that a- really sucks for when Kanchu became <laughs> bad, bad. Yeah, right. Um, I think that must might be a really old thing, because the way Tigra talks about Mark, it sounds like a very dated Moon Knight character. Okay. Because she talks about, like, oh, like you used to be all hardcore and like all fighting for the moon and like very 80s. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. I think that Moon Knight must have been in the original 80s West Coast Avengers run. Gotcha. Um, but then in issue seven, we find out that, yeah, that she is a spy for the Avengers, which I guess is a twist, but not really a surprising one. Yeah. Oh, no, the just... former Avengers, a spy for the Avengers? <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> Going to, like, visit someone out of the blue that they would be someone that the Avengers would definitely want to keep an eye on? Yeah. Like, issue seven has her on the phone, like, talking to someone, and she's like, you told me to keep an eye on them. I'm like, ooh, here's a twist. I'm excited to see who this is. And it's just Black Panther. I'm like, oh, okay, that, that's really obvious, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. But I'm telling you, Asgard uh, Prison Break cool setup for a story i feel like if if they don't do that that's a huge missed opportunity oh yeah no i think that's coming i think because this run is just getting started i hope but but i mean who knows you never know how long a run's gonna go when yeah it they, started. they could toss it um but I, I am a fan of that like it was i was a cool change of pace a good kind of different side of moon knight from what we just read oh yeah so i like that we got to see more of the uh kind of uh ethereal side of it and the, more of the kind of like new york street level kind of like uh classic comic book side of it as well yeah like as cool as like the you know dimensional and cosmic shit is it is cool just like uh just to see him doing like supernatural crime street yeah. shit i think that's why moon knight's a popular character is because you there's a lot of different runs it's kind of like you know uh like a star wars analogy like you can go there and find something you're gonna like yeah even if not everything is your, to your taste because there's so many different genres and slices of what you're gonna get because it's just so different every time yeah totally um, but that is the Moon Knight comic we're going to be discussing this time. Uh, we will probably come back to the character if we can think of any good reason to. So if they, I have to imagine they're going to bring, I mean, we'll talk, we'll talking about the show right now. We might as well transition to it now. Yeah. Um, the, I believe we got up to the final two episodes when we discussed this last three. Uh, no. yeah. Uh, no, we, no, we got through the uh, three yeah, or four. So there's two more we got to discuss. Yeah. We got up to the Five end of six. where they started the, uh, the Lemire run stuff. Yep. Um, I mean, they wrapped this up pretty quickly. Um, and pretty predictably, which is what I expected. These final acts are kind of always going to be that in these Marvel and Marvel things. Yeah. Um. I mean, the the Lemire run, they eh, they stuck it more than I thought they were going to, but I'm still not a, a huge fan of how they handled it. Yeah. I mean, I like that they kept things a little weird for that whole fifth episode. I I, I like that that they didn't just immediately whoop you're back. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it ended up being a little more. Um, they, and but even for how they held on to it for what why they were or like what they were dragging along was kind of tedious at a point yeah they 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 actually could have probably wrapped that up sooner than they did yeah i mean we yeah exactly i I wish they would have done it earlier and done it more like confidently and just like completely oh yeah like there's a lot of stuff they could have cut to just do that whole thing right definitely um like i like the things we got out of it we got some of the backstory of mark and who he is and like you know him meeting steven for the first time like those kind of scenes are really important i'm glad we got those but yeah yeah, it's, I don't know, the pacing of it is, is not exactly what I wanted. No, not um, at all. And, and the whole, like, cutting in between him and, and this, you know, asylum scene doesn't work as well when you're this far into the story and this close to the end. Yeah. I just don't know if that's the right spot for it. 
But I mean, that just might be me being nitpicky. I don't know if everyone feels that way, but I, I think you could have done that more completely and more. You could have told that story a little bit better. Yeah, I think. And I don't think it was a bad job necessarily, but I think for us, we're probably a little bit biased just because. Well, we just read that comic. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we just got like the version of it that we thought was done really well. And now we're getting a version of it that was done. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. So, like, that's, <laughs> so that's all we're nitpicking is like, yeah, I mean, we I think this could have been told a little bit better, but I liked that it was there. I mean, I'm glad we got that instead of more just like, you know, Tomb Raider stuff. Yeah, that it, that was a good change. At yeah. Least. I mean, I'm happy for that because, you know, I mean, go- we still had a little bit of like them riding on the desert boat and which looked like garbage. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. But uh, I mean, I, I like the the scenes between uh, between Mark and Steven. I mean, I think those are good, um, and the, the flashback scenes were good. I, I think it it did devolve into like a CGI fight at the end, which we kind of expected. But at least this one had a little bit of style to it. Yeah, like, yeah. That the fights actually I didn't really mind. I mean, the the Kanshu and the Ahmed like giant god fights look pretty good for the they most they part. They made it cinematic at least. Like they made oh, yeah. it like look good, which a for lot sure. of these final fights don't. Don't, yeah. Yeah, like I'm looking at you, Captain America Winter Soldier, which is <laughs> fighting in a fucking construction site. An airport. Yeah. Um uh, no, not Captain America, I'm sorry, Captain America the Civil TV War. show. All of the Captain all America the TV movies show. have terrible set pieces. Ah, oh, but horrible. still, yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, it, it, the final fight is cool because they're fighting like on the Pyramid of Giza, like with the just giant moon in the back that's always like very well placed within the shot. Oh, yeah. And like you get this giant Khonshu fighting a giant Ahmed. It's not bad. And Layla gets like a cool costume and gets to be um, like, yeah, an that was pretty awesome. herself. Yeah, that, that was pretty badass. Yeah, I uh, definitely enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, the whole thing ended it, again. I don't really have any big problems with it. I don't dislike it like I did some of the like Hawkeye and like the Captain America show. I, I don't have problems with it in that way. I just I, I think I'm more disappointed because I had really high hopes for the show after the first episode and it didn't really stick the landing in the way I was hoping it would. Yeah, like it, it definitely I feel like the, the, I think the biggest problem was they just tried to throw way too many eggs into one basket. Yeah, like they just tried to take so many ideas and only like halfway hash them out and then just kind of forget about it and then just move on to something else. Well, it's a shame, yeah, because a lot of these Marvel shows really do benefit from being six episodes and how a lot of them could oh, be... Yeah. A lot of them could still be shorter, Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, but this one actually could have benefited from being like eight or like... So what was WandaVision? I feel like WandaVision was longer. Wasn't that one eight? I, think I, I might be seven wrong. or eight. Because like this one could have benefited from eight, maybe even like more, like ten. But I think some of the WandaVision episodes were like thirty minutes. That 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 is probably also true. Yeah. Oh, um, WandaVision was nine. Yeah, but I, they were thirty minutes too. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's fair. I, I don't know. I think this one could have benefited from this one because the first episode took their time, but like not not the in the the most annoying way. But like the rest of this really felt like it was pedal to the fucking metal. Oh yeah. Like it was like we got to go to the tomb. We got to go to the next tomb. We got to find point B. Like it was very yeah, like I've, objective based. As far as like the asylum stuff went, I feel like they really wanted to like place a lot of the weight on the fact that, you know, Steven, you know, that persona was created as like a stand-in for like while Mark was getting beat by his mom. And right. they, and they they play that up to be this huge reveal and like they just milked out that process for like basically two thirds of that episode. And mm. then they kind of just like Steven and uh, Mark just like had like a 20 second conversation near the end of it. And we're just like, all right, we're good. And right. then just like moved on. Whereas like, that feels like the, the heart of the whole story. Yeah. Like you should have made that the whole fuck. Like that's, that's the meat and potatoes exactly. of the story you're telling here. And yeah. it's just like a thing you tell once and you're like, okay, cool. We, we've resolved our differences. Let's go and, fight and, a God. And just the whole, 
I don't, I'm, this is just me being nitpicky, but like the whole sequence of like that episode where like they have to balance the scales and like they go in and do one trial of memory where it's like, oh, now they're almost balanced. Like time to knock out one more trauma. Yeah, it and felt, it's like, can we just like it felt do this? very video gamey. Yeah. And it's just super like bureaucratic. It's, it's like, can't we just have like a cool, like just, you know, dream sequence or like just like strands of consciousness. Like, it, it, do we have to make it this like bureaucratic structured. and structured? Yeah, exactly. Like they're putting too much rules. They're, they're making it way too obvious what's happening. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like that's a downfall of the MCU and Marvel as a whole with their live there's action. There's definitely like, a ceiling on how weird it can they get. They can't yeah. go too dreamy. Like they have yeah. to have things be like linear and uh, very structured. Like well, even like when they, when they finally hash out or explain what the asylum is and like uh, Bonnie or the, the one alligator god she's like going through her like presentation it's like okay if this is the actual underworld and like the afterlife for gods like they wouldn't be doing it like a like a tour of disney world right They're like well you might see it as asylum everyone sees it differently and of course we're on the astral plane oh and for those of you watching at home that's kind of like the ancestral plane from the black panther movie yeah it's like come on guys <laughs> yeah it's like we don't i, it, I just hate how they like are so scared of going like off the rails a little bit that's the problem when you're trying to like fire a shot for everyone when you're yeah. trying to make it like something for everyone palatable is yeah there's a ceiling on what you can do yeah like there then i Which can is, tell that this this show like uh the creators of this show wanted to take risks i can oh, tell yeah. but well and i i i heard from some of the stuff like it seems what we got could, like could have been a lot worse in terms of that like they they at one point wanted to toss in like an um an inhumans like a uh, cameo from someone and then oh, like yeah. a bunch of other random shit it's just like that well, i've heard a lot so of stories lame. about like yeah the, uh, the directors of this show like w fighting back on things that they wanted to keep yeah yep. um like especially a lot of like the like egyptian culture stuff they had to like really fight oh, to yep. keep in this so like, yep. i'm really happy that you know that was kept yeah that was surprising actually that's um, good on them um but uh, yeah so I, I it's hard with these these giant budget shows because like uh, the creator probably came in with something really cool and like new and you can tell from a lot of the style of what they're doing like they're trying to tell something like a little bit different oh yeah um and the way that first episode was directed it was it, it felt yeah, like there's a lot of refreshing it shit felt like something show. unique that a kind of storytelling we had not gotten in any kind of it did not follow the formula we're used to it, exactly it, yeah. it told time non-linearly uh with unanswered questions things left open hints towards bigger things it's not a storytelling i'm used to yeah i'm used to just being handed the plot and going do you like this eat yeah <laughs> <laughs> please come back eat this and come back next week yeah um so i mean i guess step in the right direction uh and again i'm not gonna putting any blame on the creators because i'm guaranteeing that all the things we're complaining about were studio step-ins yeah. i guarantee everything we're talking about was Pr more than likely yeah i mean there's maybe a couple things but like all the things we're talking about sound very like let's rush this let's let's hamstring it let's explain things yeah. exactly yeah um, so I think that's mainly because like stylistically, I like the art style for a lot of the things they picked, like the, um, you know, like the afterlife, the way it looked is very cool. Oh it's, yeah. The, yeah. The look, that's the time worked. we spent there is just a little too like talked about. Yeah. Is that, that's the problem. I totally. Think. Yeah. You don't need to explain everything and everything doesn't have to be on a graph or a scale. And like, like I don't have to understand everything that's happening at every second. Right. You don't even need to have her, uh, talk at no. all. No, just no. Have it, have it be just some like speechless, like humanoid hippo just on a boat in the middle of the desert. You die, you wake up. That's where you are. Exactly. He's just going around like, what the fuck is happening? And yeah. she just looks like the scales must be balanced. And that's all you get. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Yeah. I, I don't know 
know why that's so that's hard to so do. It's so much cooler. And then you have to think about, oh, the scales. Oh, she probably means his soul, like his morals. Like, oh, we got to go back. Yeah. Like, you'll fill in all the blanks yourself. Exactly. Like, and like, and I didn't even like not like that character either. She was cool. Like she how was she fine. Then like she became the avatar for Layla at the end. Like all that shit was great. Yeah. No, that was really good. I, I, I liked her a lot. Yeah. But making her being like a tour guide of the afterlife. They just gave her too much exposition. Exactly. That's the problem. Yeah. Um. Oh, can I call out, speaking of her, I want to call out one really funny thing um that i noticed because of her um so remember back in oh, the god talk <laughs> right yeah, yeah yeah remember back in episode i think three, three where uh oscar isaac uh is like acting he's that he's in the pyramid of giza and yeah, that, he's talking to the other avatars yeah the, the idea is that he's there and then Khonshu is taking over his body and speaking through him yeah which all of these other gods do and they sound pretty normal. Yep. <laughs> they're yeah. Just, they're just talking like how they talk. Yeah. Like their eyes kind of go back a little bit and like they speak with a little more bravado. Like, but it like there's a difference. But for some reason, when Oscar Isaac does his country voice, he literally, I'm going to do this directly off mic. He's like, I will find him. <laughs> I am the avatar of vengeance. Yeah. It sounds like he's running out of breath on, on like every syllable. Yeah, because then even at um, at the end, after Layla gets uh, Bonnie as an, or she's Bonnie's avatar, like she kind of just like changes a little bit of pitch, but it's not like her gasping for yeah, breath. The actress and, like, playing Layla does it very well. Oh, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I think it's funny because. I don't know what director didn't tell Oscar Isaac. Like, well, it's Oscar Isaac. I yeah, mean, I think Oscar hard. Isaac made a choice and they just went with it. They were like, maybe <laughs> that's good. I mean, he's a great actor. Maybe we should yeah. just trust him. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> I think it was a bad call, though. All right. Because he's sitting there like, I am vengeance. I mean, I, okay, maybe make the argument that, like, since their relationships relationship is a little more strained and maybe it's a little more of a stress to speak through mark or he has to go through no, a little bit more stress i can almost guarantee that is what the process was probably i, I, I guarantee you that's what oscar isaac was thinking like, yeah oh this relationship is strained like maybe maybe uh maybe mark's fighting him maybe yeah. that's why it sounds like this okay yeah i think that is why he did it, <laughs> it still sounds that doesn't weird make as hell. it good no <laughs> still sounds goofy as fuck yeah because with the, the second that Layla's body got taken over, like the actress playing her did it really fucking good. Oh, yeah. Where, like all of a sudden, like she's like bleeding and like has her arm against the wall, like trying to get through this collapsing tomb. And all of a sudden her body gets taken over by this like god of like, you know, this bouncy god of like joy. And, yeah. And then all of a sudden she's like, well, hello. And like doing these <laughs> dancing kind of movements. And the actress plays it perfectly. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. That's like what it should be. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I don't know why Oscar Isaac decided to play like a fucking pooping conscience. <laughs> <laughs> just real constipated i am conscious and i can't poop where is your restroom <laughs> why can't i oh <laughs> uh, yeah so i just thought that was really funny yeah that, that was a cool little nugget and, and i don't know what it is because oscar isaac is indisputably if a plus phenomenal oh actor. i love yeah i love oscar there's isaac. absolutely no debate about yeah. that so i don't get what happened there <laughs> yeah it was a decision and he made it listen we all make mistakes <laughs> if you're gonna try something experimental that might not work why not do it in a marvel show exactly fuck, fuck yeah it. fuck him he already got paid <laughs> if it doesn't work <laughs> fuck him <laughs> totally oh uh, yeah so i just thought that was really funny um the show as a whole I think worth watching. I think if I'm going to rate it in terms of my Marvel shows, I think I would put it... I don't know. Here's the thing is I think it's the opposite of the Loki show for me. The Loki show started out really rocky and then at the end really stuck the landing for me in a fun way. For sure. 
because they did weird multiverse stuff and they explained it a little bit, but they did keep some things weird. That's another one where they had to do it like a fucking office management. They, oh, they exactly. Yeah, no, that's the trope. <laughs> yeah, but that one eventually they got away from the office and they let Very things get. They get let things get a little more weird, but you can just sure. have like an alligator Loki, and we don't get the story of how alligator Loki happened because you just, don't need it. It's just he's just fucking there, man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I think that one stuck the landing better, but opened weaker. Whereas yeah. this one opened really good. And ended weaker. So yeah. I would probably put those equally at the top for the top show for me. Yeah. For opposite reasons. Yeah. I think so, too. Um, and I would put WandaVision slightly below that. And then I think there's a pretty big gap for the other ones. Yeah. The other ones I did not really enjoy. <laughs> yeah, no. Because uh, what did we I didn't even it? watch Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The the Jake reveal at the end. Oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. That, um, that was pretty stylish. So where we leave the show is, I mean, you probably all watched it, but where we leave it, yeah, uh, Khonshu fucks off. He's like, fine, you did it. You're, you're Quote, free. unquote. Yeah, exactly. Quote, unquote. And then at the end, we find out that this personality they've been hinting at, this kind of like killer personality. Yeah, because that was the one thread that was left unanswered. Yeah, it even came up in the finale. That's how he beat uh, Harrow. Yep. Is with just going blacking out and just having an axe to his head. Yep. Um, And then we find out that, yeah, Jake Lockley is in this universe basically like a uh, traveling hitman. Yeah. And they gave him a limousine instead of a taxi. That's a cool way to update it. We were thinking yeah. Uber driver, which is not as cool. <laughs> that would have been super lame. So yeah, he's basically Kanshu's like freaking hitman limo driver. Limo driver, great way to do it. Oh, yeah. Because then he just gets the hat and these gloves, and he's just in front driving Kanshu in a suit. It's oh. such a great... Yeah, because with Harold getting into the car, it's just like, meet my driver, Jake Lockley. That, that, honestly, that was a great reveal. That scene, A+. Plus. That That's was, probably one of the great, great best scenes in the show. It was. It almost made the rest of like the like the things i didn't like leading up to it worth it because i was like oh Holy yeah shit that's awesome i wish there was another episode because i want this now yeah and like that's definitely a thing that they partially did probably more than partially did has like uh you know a thread to be like oh if we do more moon knight here's where we can pick up but like oh, yeah. e- even if they don't do another moon knight thing or in, if, if they don't have to like that's still a cool that's a cool like, open place to leave it because exactly. then moon knight's just out there now yeah. yep um, but I honestly, I really hope they do pick it up again because that's that setup put it me exactly where I want to be. Exactly. Like, yeah. Because that, that was the one thing I was like, because the whole time, you know, people have read the comics like, well, is is Jake Lockley going to be in this? Is that who the one persona that they keep blacking out yeah. for? Is it evil Jake Lockley? Like no one really knew. Well, and it, it it does a reset in the best way where it puts us back in the position where Kanshu is now once again manipulating uh, manipulating uh, all of these personalities without anyone knowing it. Yeah. Uh, besides Jake. Yeah. So it's a really good dynamic where he still is Moon Knight, but he doesn't know it. And yeah. I, I really want to see where that goes, but I, For sure. I don't know if we ever will. So Yeah, who knows? And if we do, it'll be like one scene in like the opening of the next Spider-Man movie or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll see. Honestly, right. for my optimist pitch, I want to see for if they do bring Moon Knight back, bring him back in like Blade or something. Yeah, that'd be dope as fuck. That'd be a cool team. A up. Moon Knight Blade team up. Yeah, that'd be sick. What I'd really like to see is like also maybe some kind of like New York Street uh, team up as well. Oh, yeah. Like it doesn't have to be like a TV show or a movie, but have it just happen like uh, in something. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Like have Daredevil and Moon Knight and Spider Man or whatever. Yeah, that'd be sick. Uh, but yeah, Blade would be a great addition once they. Honestly, that would be a natural fit in. Like because when the, the Blade movie comes out in probably like a couple years. Yeah. So like you could just have like Moon Knight there like hunting vampires with him like even just for one scene like they're oh, yeah. teaming up like thanks for the assist Moon Knight and then he fucks off for the rest of the right? movie. That'd yeah. be totally fine. That'd be dope. That'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, so yeah. We'll see uh, where Moon Knight comes back. I mean, it's Oscar Isaac, so I feel like they wouldn't have got someone that big if it wasn't a big deal. But who knows? Yeah, but that's also probably a that could big, be the it's a big paw. price tag yeah. they bring back. Yeah, yeah true. 
Uh, and, and and Oscar Isaac has talked many times about how he hates doing these blockbuster movies. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, they'd have to uh, you know dangle a pretty big check in right. front of him. I don't think he's ever coming back to Star Wars. But granted, they didn't burn him like Star Wars did. But yeah, they did him dirty in that. Yeah, but uh, but we'll see. I, I I hope Oscar Isaac does whatever he wants and doesn't necessarily have to come back to this. But I do hope he does, so we get more of that Conchu voice. Oh yeah, yeah. F. Murray <laughs> Abraham might be the on one of the unsung heroes in this show because he. I mean, Conchu doesn't get used a lot voice wise, but when he does, like. F Murray Abraham just yeah, kills that's it. fantastic. And honestly, the character of Khonshu is really good in this because oh, he's yeah. the perfect mix of like godly and enigmatic, but having these occasional moments of just being a little human. Oh, because yeah. he has the most connection with the, with Earth for sure compared to the other gods. Like he spent the most time here. Yep. So it, it makes sense. Like every once in a while, it's just like, come on, what are you doing, you little bitch? <laughs> yeah, I know. I love how he just calls Steven like the worm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that shit's hilarious. Yeah, he's got a, a sense of humor, which you wouldn't expect from like this otherworldly God, but that's the way to play it. Yeah, and also uh, in that last episode where he's like making his big pitch to Layla, it's just like, well, it looks like you need some help. God, I may assist you by becoming, if you become my avatar. <laughs> just like, I, I know what you're doing. <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> um, and, and just like the way he's animated too, sometimes has some unintentional comedy where like, oh yeah it'll be like him appearing in the background but he's like sitting on a car <laughs> yeah. like, why does he need to do that it's just funny it's gotta look all cool yeah it's just super casual yep. uh, and i like that they kept his design straight out of the comics oh yeah it's a great design it's it's weird how the mcu waited this long to do it but now almost every costume they do is straight out of the comics yeah it's, it's i guess now they they have this fuck you money that they can throw around yeah and they're not worried about taking risks anymore totally when it comes to like you know fun stuff yep um, but that'll be it for our uh, Moon Knight coverage uh, for this episode. Uh, like I said, we're going to be back in a couple weeks doing a Doctor Sh- Strange themed uh, thing. By then, we should have an opportunity to go watch the movie, which we have not done yet. But yep. we should be able to find a uh, pretty empty showing by then. But until then, join us next time for some mystical nonsense. And then after that, we'll probably be back with some uh, some non-Marvel stuff. We've been doing Marvel for a bit. Yeah. It'll be good, good to take an indie break, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, one more episode of The Sorcerer Supreme, and then we will be back next week. Oh, Goodbye. Yes.